I've had better Sunday afternoons, but I'm not sure Anderson has had any worse ones than the one we shared together this past October. A good story takes us on a journey. It reminds us of where we've been and shows us where we could go. A good story makes us feel and inspires us to act. Welcome to the Good Story Podcast, where everyday stories that make you laugh, cry, or feel slightly uncomfortable will leave you inspired as Kirsten King tells true stories and teaches truth. Last week on Good Story, we talked about how important it is to come alongside of one another in the midst of our thalipsis. If you didn't hear last week's episode, it might sound like it's all Greek to you, right? (laughs) In fact, that was Greek. So I encourage you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, to tune into last week's before you listen to this one. It might make more sense. We ended last week talking about the beautiful fall day, when I had been enjoying the crisp air, bright sun, brilliantly blue sky, and even brighter trees that seemed to be glowing in oranges and yellows and deep reds. The day when I had been with my son Kenny cheering on the runners at the Twin Cities Marathon as they were breaking a sweat, breaking records, and breaking through barriers that surprised even themselves. We cheered and cheered until I had remembered something I'd forgotten. Do you ever do that? Forget something for a while and then remember? Sometimes when it's too late? Sometimes just on time or sometimes it's just too awkward? Is there any benefit to remembering your forgetfulness? Sometimes. Sometimes not. Like... If I've switched weeks, for for example, on worship team with somebody, and then I can't remember what week was switched for what. But if I remember before our rehearsal, it's salvageable. One time I wrote down that I had a meeting at 7 p.m. on Thursday, and I wrote it on my calendar back when you'd write a, on a calendar on a wall. So I looked at Thursday in the morning, and it said 7 p.m. So a lot of help that was. And true, it was 7 p.m. on that Thursday at one point. Sometimes I remember that I forgot to buy milk when I get home, or I remember that I forgot to return a library book, or I remember that I forgot that I was supposed to stop buying a bit of honey and salted nut rolls. Oh yeah, I was going to stop buying these things, not keep my shelves stacked with them. This day I did it again. I remembered that I had forgotten to record the Vikings game, and the game was starting at noon. It was just before noon. I had invited a bunch of family members that were going to come over and watch it. The Vikings were playing the New York Giants that day, which isn't super critical, but it will come back into play later in the story. So, as we finished our cheering, and I remembered what I had forgotten, we turned and started running our own race to the car. Ugh, I hate it when I do that. Sure, yeah, everybody, come on over. We'll record the game and we can watch it together. Maybe. While we were running, I was quickly formulating a plan to alleviate my mistake as best as I could. And I explained it to Kenny during the 10-minute drive back home. Okay, here's the deal. I'll drop you off. You can run in and start recording the game. And then I'll go quick and pick up the tacos and come back. We called Taquiera Los Paisanos to order our tacos, which is a really, really good place to get tacos, by the way. And I probably am saying that wrong. But if you live in the St. Paul area or if you're visiting or if you're looking for an authentic taco, yum, they're so good. But this story isn't about tacos. Nope. Last week, as we ended our time together, I told you that Sunday was a day to celebrate until it wasn't. And I said, just like that, when you least expect it, a day that is full of encouraging others becomes one where you need to be encouraged yourself. And this is where my story starts to take a turn. I picked up the tacos, dozens of them. They're small. 
And I drove the five minutes now back to my house. I parked the car in my garage. I opened the fence gate and I started walking up the back sidewalk. I looked up when I heard Nana, Nana. And I saw Juliet and Anderson standing and waving on the little porch that we have on the second floor. I raised the bags up high and I said, look, the tacos are here. Are you ready to watch the game? And the cutest little Vikings jersey wearing kids turned to go back into the house. And as they did, I yelled out, kids, make sure the door is shut super tight so Cohen, their younger brother, can't get out onto the porch. And I walked in the back door. I put the bags on the counter and started reaching for the plates. And then I heard a yell. I looked over and Danny turned and bolted up the stairs. Now, I'm not going to get too graphic in my description here. So in case you're a queasy sort or a freak out type, don't panic. Here is what happened. I had said, be sure to shut the door tightly. And Anderson, who shut the door upstairs? Me. Did you? <laughs> and you shut it really, really tightly, right? And that was so great of you because that's what I said. Before I tell the rest of the story, I have to tell everybody listening that our door is a little crazy. It's hard to shut even for a grown-up. In fact, I would have to turn the knob and jiggle it before I could make sure it was super tight. And I forgot that when I yelled up those instructions. So you were going to be amazing and great and make sure to shut the door super tight, right? Yeah. But it didn't work for you to jingle the, jiggle the doorknob and lift the door because that's too high for you to do that. So where did you push on the door? The glass. Yes. And then what happened? My hand broke through. Oh, it did. And then what did you do after that, after your hand broke through it? I screamed. You did scream. And that was a good idea because that's the way you get help. When you broke through it, how did you get your hand out of the glass? I pulled it out. Right, which makes sense because when your hand's through glass, it's not supposed to be in there. And so anyone would pull it right back out. Do you remember what happened next? Your daddy carried you downstairs, right? Yeah. And then where did we take a look at your wrist? Where were we? The sink. The kitchen. Yep, in the kitchen. And then what did we put on your wrist? Do you remember? A cloth. Mm-hmm. And then did we put the cloth on there loosely or really tight? Really tight. Yeah, we did it really tight. And then, do you remember, I picked you up. And then where did we go? The From emergency there. room. Yeah, we went to the emergency room. We hopped in the car, and your daddy started driving really fast and was honking the horn a lot. And then, and then he got on the phone, and who did he call when he was driving really fast? Um, he called, We called the emergency room, and then did he call your mommy? Yeah. Yes, and then she hopped in her car right away, too, didn't she? Yeah. And she was driving as fast as she could go to the emergency room. Do you remember what you asked me while we were driving, and I was holding onto your arm? Why are you squeezing so hard? <laughs> I know. And I felt so badly because I was holding your arm up high and I was squeezing really hard and it was right where it hurt, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember what I said or no? It's okay if you don't remember. Because um, you don't, I don't want the blood to get out. Right. And we needed to keep it inside your arm, didn't we? Yeah. And then we got to the emergency room and then where did we go once we got inside the hospital? Did we stay on the on the chairs there, or where did we end up going? Into a room. Yeah, into a room. And then what, what did you do? Did you stand and walk around, or what did they have you do? I lay on a bed. You laid on a bed, right? And then did it still hurt really, really badly, or, or what did you say? Mm. Uh, 
It looks better than it feels. Yes, it looked better than it feels. Yes, and it did, didn't it? And then do you remember when we were driving in the car too, we were checking to see if you could still feel the tops of your fingers? Yeah. And you could, couldn't you? Yeah. And then the surgeon came in and she looked at it, didn't she? Mm-hmm. And she looked at it and first she said, mm, it looks like we're going to need some surgery, didn't she? She said, I think we might have cut through a tendon and we're going to need to figure out what we're going to do. Didn't she say that at first? Yeah. And then she came back. And what did she say about the surgery? Do you remember? No. No. She said, did she say you needed it or you wouldn't need it? I wouldn't need it. No. And then, what were you watching on TV while you were in the hospital room? Do you remember? The football game. (laughs) Yeah, and you were really glad that you could find it, weren't you? Do you remember if the Vikings won or lost that game? They won. Yes, they did. I don't remember the score, but I do remember it was a good game. Yeah. Do you remember it was a good game? Yeah. Yeah. And then what did you get to eat while you were waiting there? Pizza. Yeah, was it good pizza or yucky? Really good. <laughs> it was really good. And then you know what your dad told me you said? What? This was kind of fun, right? Mm-hmm. And then because we carried you so fast to get to the hospital, you weren't even wearing shoes, were you? Yeah. No. And then we sat there and the, and the surgeon came back and you know what she said? What? I I can't explain this, but... When I look at the way his hand is cut, I can't believe that that cut didn't go through his tendon, but it went right around it. I can just stitch this arm right up, and he should be fine. And then did she stitch it up? Yeah. Yeah, with kind of a lot of stitches, huh? And I got a toy. You did get a toy. Do you remember what it was? It was a blue bouncy ball. Oh, nice. That's awesome. So then you got the toy, and she stitched it up. And does your hand work perfectly great now? Yeah. And what did the stitches look like after she stitched it up? Did it look pretty cool? Yeah. It did. Do you think I should put a picture up on um, Instagram to show people how cool your arm looked? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's pretty cool. And Nana left. Nana left before they were doing all the stitches and all that because by then your mommy was there, your daddy was there, the surgeon was there, and Nana is not going to be much help at that point. So I just went back home, right? And then when everything was all done, what did you get to go choose? New shoes. And before I got new shoes, yeah. I, uh, my dad got me a sucker at the emergency room. Oh, whoa. So it was kind of, whoa, sucker, pizza, and new shoes. Isn't it crazy? Because it, was a, it wasn't the best day in the beginning, right, when you got hurt? Mm-hmm. But what were some of the things, when you look at it, what are some of the things that made you feel better? Uh, gain toy. Yeah. Gain a sucker and yeah. gain new shoes. Yeah, that was really, really helpful, wasn't it? And, you know, here's the thing. This is what I'm thinking, Anderson. First of all, I'm thinking you are one of the bravest boys that I know. And here's the deal. Sometimes a day that is great can turn out to be not so much. And we never know when that's going to happen. Sometimes we can be cheering somebody on in one moment, and the next we find ourselves in a panic with a problem or crying in a crisis in desperate need. And as John Mayer once said, bad news never had good timing. And that, my friend, is a fact. Never once would we look at a calendar and say, this would be a good time for a panic. Do you think we'd ever say, Anderson, this would be a great day to cut your arm? No. And what did we do with it? What did we do with that door now? What did we do with the glass? Plastic. Yeah, we have plexiglass in there now, right? Yeah. There it is true that there is never good time for bad news. 
And there's a reason why it says in Revelation that heaven is a place where there's no more crying and no more grief. But in the meantime, we're still on earth and we are still experiencing life in the way that includes bad news and accidents. And while we do, what can we do? Last week, we looked at 2 Corinthians 1 and we read that God comes alongside of us when we go through hard times. It says God comforts us in all our affliction so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves have been comforted by God. This is good news. This is good news. There's a reason why it says in Revelation, right? No more crying, no more grief. There's good news there. In season one, episode 16, we talked about how does this happen? How can we come alongside of each other? We talked about bearing one another's burdens, but what else can we do? I think, once again, Scripture is clear, and I also think that we will likely find something to put into practice even today. What do we do when we see others in need? Where can we find encouragement or hope in the wake of our bad news? Hebrews 13, 16 says this. I don't know, Anderson, can you even read this? Do you see where it says Hebrews 13, 16 right here? Can you try reading any of these words? And do not forget... Mm-hmm. To do good and to this word is share. Oh, yep, yep. With others. Yep, and then it says, "For, for with such sacrifices, God is pleased." We're not supposed to forget to do good and to share with others. Don't forget, right? And if you have forgotten, remember now. Don't forget to share with others. God is pleased when we do so. What do we share? An encouraging word. Maybe it's a piece of pizza or a toy. We share. We encourage others because we all need encouragement. We have no idea what others are going through or might, what might be right around the corner for them. One more verse says, which is in 2 Thessalonians 16, 17, it says, May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. It's talking about the eternal. There will be a time where we have encouragement and good hope and this grace will be seen. This faith will be sight. But in the meantime, we need our hearts strengthened for every good deed and word. I love this verse. I love this verse in the wake of bad news. Keep in mind, I didn't say I love bad news. Nobody likes bad news, do they, Anderson? No. No, we like good news. Yeah, we like great news. Here's the thing. Jesus is the Lord Jesus Christ. God is my Father, and I'm loved by Him. He gives us grace, encouragement, and hope. And you might be thinking, wait, didn't that verse say He encourages us in every good deed and word? It doesn't say bad times. Exactly. What would be a good deed in bad times? If you're going through the bad time, a good deed is trust. If someone else is going through the bad time, the good deed would be the right word to say as you come alongside of them. We can find encouragement with a long-lasting perspective, a hope that is solid and sure. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what your day is like. Maybe it's great and the skies are blue and you're cheering for others. Or you hear the crowd cheering for you. Or maybe you've just heard a scream and you don't know what you're going to do. Or maybe you're cluelessly holding up the tacos, thinking all is going to be well and you have no idea what's about to happen. Listen to me. Either way, God is with you. He wants to help you and He wants you to help others. And he wants to help others to help you (laughs) wherever you're at. Follow God's lead. Rest in his promises and his presence. Walk alongside God through his word and come alongside others who are hurting. And when times are difficult in your own life, 
and you can't understand why it feels like somebody is pushing where it hurts the most, trust. Let's pray. Lord, please be with those who are going through a difficult time. Bring someone alongside of them to encourage them. And please continue to encourage us through your word. Thank you that as we read it, even when times are good, we will remember it when times are bad. Thank you, Lord, so much for healing Anderson's arm in such an amazing way so that he is strong and he's healthy. And Lord, I just thank you for the way that you came alongside us both. Thank you for him. Thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' name, we say, Amen. Amen. Amen.